What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the CodaCast. My name is Brian Bermudez, and I'm the host of the Craft of the Air podcast, the podcast not just for aviation enthusiasts or professionals, but also those with a general interest in aviation. Join us on our journey as we explore the horizon of aviation together. I'm so glad that you guys are tuned in for this episode. We switch it up a bit on this episode of CodaCast and potentially going into a safety series. And today we speak about airworthiness directives, a a directive that is critical to aviation safety. And and whether you're an AMP student listening, we know that that's a big part of our FAA written orals and practicals for our licenses for AMPs currently out there listening. We know it's a big part of our, our, our daily work routine aviation professionals it, it, it impacts us all for the public listening it's a it's a something that's designed to for the safety of aviation and so we explore that today and we explore uh, what an ad is the types of ad's emergency ad's come to mind for those who may be familiar or who have read recent uh, articles on it in the news or media what have you Look at information that we find inside these directives and what we take away from it and, and the resolution. You know, a lot of people are interested in, in it. That's a big question. If this is something that keeps us safe and we find something that's unsafe, what's the compliance? How do we, how do we go about resolving it? And ultimately, who's responsible? That's the question that I ask at the end here. Who's responsible for this compliance? It's something that affects us all. First things first, before I dive, like it started going way too deep, too quick. Today's episode of the CodaCast is brought to you by Craft of the Air. Stop memorizing outdated content and rereading textbooks without really understanding your aviation content. If you're looking to obtain your FAA air frame and power plant licenses, Craft of the Air offers personalized learning sessions remotely from the convenience of your house. Are you tired of searching endlessly for unreliable data? Are you in the field of aviation and need help with your next project? Consulting by Craft of the Air is a second you when you need anything aviation. Visit www.craftoftheair. Again, that's www.craftoftheair.com today and speak with a federally licensed professional. Craft of the Air, our craft is of the air. And so we dive right into it. You know, what is an airworthiness directive? And it is worth noting that it's in accordance with uh, Title 14 of the Code of Federal Regulations, and it's under Part 39. And now the FAA will issue an, an airworthiness directive in response to an unsafe, unsafe condition found on aircraft. And, and it, it, not only for aircraft, but a directive can be issued for the engine. It can also be issued for the propellers, if the aircraft has propellers, or a product or appliance, the avionics component, any one of these. And, and you know, being a professor of aviation maintenance and teaching aircraft operations and publications, a class that relates to this, for over five years, this is one of the first topics that we dive into each semester. And, and it's critical that as AMPs, we understand this. Now, an AD requires that the relevant problem 
that was identified, it must, must, and this is critical, there, there's, there, compliance is not an option when it comes to Airworthiness Directive compliance. It must be done. ADs require that the relevant problem must be corrected, and that's on all the affected products and parts. So we, so we know that if we have an unsafe condition on an affected system or aircraft, it pertains, this airworthiness directive pertains to all of these models. And this may, in, in certain instances, maybe a lot. Now there's a couple of types of ADs. Now after this unsafe condition or, or deficiency comes to light, there's a proposed corrective action or solution. And this is published in what's called the Notice of Proposed Rulemaking, or an NPRM. Now, the FAA will ask the, you know, the public to comment on the proposed corrective, uh, the corrective action. Now, they, they, that comment period, it's, it's 60 days that they leave that open. And then once that closes, now there's, there's another type of AD called a final rule. A final rule AD, which is prepared. Final rule, perhaps being changed as as comments. You know, if, if there were any comments, that's that's still open. But that final rule is then adopted in certain cases now. If this unsafe condition warrants it, now if this unsafe condition is is severe in nature, it may adopt but it, it, immediate adoption of of the rule without prior notice. And, and it won't it won't leave it open for that 60 day period and, and that leads me into that third type of ad which is the more commonly heard the emergency airworthiness directive now now an emergency ad is, is issued when an unsafe condition exists but but in this case it requires immediate action now, who, who, who does it require immediate action by? By the owner or operator of that aircraft. So it's now the intent of that emergency AD is to just rapidly correct an urgent, an urgent safety of flight situation. Now you, you may ask, how do how do we get these ADs? Now the emergency ADs that usually distributed by, by letter or fax or other methods and is issued uh, and effective only, only to people who actually receive it. That's actually known as an actual notice. Now, you can find them on the federal registry and it is, it's actually, now there's, there's, a, there's actually an official daily publication of the United States government. It's printed, it's actually printed and it's a way of informing the the public of uh, laws and laws to be enacted or enacted laws. Now, there's also electronic versions of ADs that are available on the on the form of the Federal Register. And there's a guidance library, and, and it's a very useful tool, and I always mention this to my students, because in this guidance library, uh, you can actually search by the manufacturer, by the model, or specifically the AD number. So it's a very useful tool. Now, speaking of the AD number, and this is an important piece of information 
it, it's, it's something that is usually asked of us when we're taking our practicals or orals. And that AD number, now this document that we're looking at, this airworthiness directive, it has a, a number that's associated with it. And this, this AD number, it has a three-part designator. And you guys will see it as, you know, the first part is the calendar year of the issuance. The second part of it is going to be the bi-weekly period of the year when the number was assigned. And the third part is issued in sequence within the each bi-weekly period. So that's the, it's a, a three-part designator. Now, once you've, you've located the Air Within's Directive and we have it open and we're looking at it in the situation room, what do we find in this AD that's so critical? Well, ADs generally have a description of the unsafe condition. That's critical. And, and, and the product that the AD applies to. Now, there'll also be a, you know, the product. Again, it could be the aircraft. It could be the engine. It could be the propeller. If the aircraft has a propeller, it could be an appliance or a product. Now, it will have a corrective action pertaining to this and possibly operating limitations or both, depending on the AD. The AD effective date is important, that day that it was issued. And we need to know where to go for more information. And it, it, it provides information on, and this is critical, it, it provides information on alternative methods of compliance. With, with the requirements of the AD. So that, that's, it's good. But, you know, a critical piece of information that sticks out to me, and a lot of people ask, the AD has to include a compliance time. And, and, and so now a lot of people ask, well, when is, that, when is this is, issue actually resolved? And, and so the AD, the AD itself, the Airwitness Directive specifies a compliance time and or relate to that effective date of issuance of the AD. That compliance time will determine when the actions are required. Now there's different approaches approaches that engineers could use. Um, and it really goes by, by airline, the company that you're working for. Um, techniques that are not specified in the AD can, after the FAA approves it, they can possibly be used to correct the unsafe condition on the air, the product or the, the aircraft or the engine. Um, so it's worth noting. Now, now that we know what an AD is, the types of ADs, emergency ADs, information that we find in an AD and compliance times, we look at some examples and, and some, some come to light. And this is, and I was having a discussion with a few of my students the other day after class, and we were discussing a few of these incidents together. And so now airworthiness directives, it's, it's, it's not something that's extremely rare, but while it's not something that happens on the daily basis, I look back in, in August, 2019, the FAA issued, I'm going to be, I'm not, yes, we are, we are here. The FAA issued the directive to address a manufacturing inconsistency reported in certain models of Boeing 737s. Yes. As a precautionary measure, the regulations calls for a thorough review, calls for thorough review of maintenance records of the affected planes to ensure that the inconsistencies are not overlooked. Now, that phase swift response to the issue serves to demonstrate the commitment 
and holding the highest standards in aviation safety. Now, the FAA is not the only the airman uh, agency that has uh, airworthiness directives. EASA has it as well. And one comes to mind, there was an emergency airworthiness directive found on an inflation valve safety pin. And this was for a nitrogen bottle that helps for those not uh, not familiar. It, there's a nitrogen bottle that helps to assist in the emergency slide being deployed in the event of an emergency. And so this this there's, there's a valve there's a valve safety pin on these nitrogen bottles. Now this airworthiness directive affected uh, Airbus 220 100s and uh, 300s, I believe. And they, there was specific serial numbers. Now, if it was not removed, the safety pin could prevent, could possibly prevent the deployment of the slides. And I mean, that would severely impact an emergency evacuation on that aircraft. So that AD was critical. Similar, involving the Airbus 220 100s and 300s, um, at the time this directive was issued, there have been 38 occurrences, of which two were actually nearly fatal where a flight crew accidentally engaged the autopilot when attempting to engage the autothrottle during a takeoff. Yeah. While engaging the autopilot below 400 feet above ground is prohibited, the control panel design of the A220 makes mistaking one for the other very easy. So it's, that was another critical. Another one that, that comes to mind was Yasa issued the AD 2022-0079 Echo, and that was affecting the Airbus A350-900s and 1000s. Now, may have had incorrect primary flight control computer instructions were to blame. They were implemented as part of a, a service bulletin or a modification, but the error, more importantly, the error could have potentially led to loss of control of elevated surfaces, which may result in complete complete loss of control of the aircraft. And and lastly, in mid-August, I just want to speak about the YASA issue directive 2022-0170 ECHO. And that was in response to multiple occurrences of a leaking bleed system high pressure valve. That was on three uh, Airbus 330, 800s, and 900s. Investigators identified the root cause as a valve clip failure and a ceiling ring damage. Now get this, if such valves leak, it could prevent pressure regulating valves from functioning normally. And this could lead to abnormal pressure and temperatures. That can eventually result in damage to multiple systems and a loss of control of the aircraft. That AD led to two further uh, related directives as Airbus provided more maintenance actions and instructions over the months. But I asked the question who's ultimately responsible for these ADs? Now, the, 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 I'm going to get really real here. The safety of the flight is secured by AMPs, aircraft maintenance engineers. AMPs act as the middleman here. See, AMPs act as the middleman between the FAA, who make and enforce the airworthiness directives, and the pilots and passengers who use the aircraft. Yeah. Uh, aviation maintenance technicians have to be aware 
have to be aware of Airworthiness directives. Our job entails it. We inspect, we troubleshoot, and we repair the aircraft on a regular basis. Now, while the aircraft owners and operators are ultimately held responsible by adhering to the Airworthiness directives, the owner and the operator of the aircraft is required under Title 14 CFR Part 91 to be specific 403 to maintain the aircraft in compliance with all ADs. The AMP. The aircraft maintenance professional, or call them technician, engineer, mechanic, is responsible for inspecting, troubleshooting, repairing, and complying with that AD and making a proper logbook entry. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna go more into it. You, you're just gonna have to wait for the next episode of the Codecast. <laughs> About wraps it up for this week's episode of the Codecast. Guys, if you have not done so already, take this opportunity to check out the Craft of the Air website at www.craftofthair.com. Again, that's www.craftofthair.com and get your free initial consultation today. Craft of the Air, our craft is of the air. Thanks for listening, guys, to today's podcast. Be sure to follow the Craft of the Air Instagram for the latest Codacast episode updates and follow and review us on Spotify Podcast. It's preferred, but you now you guys can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts. So thanks for listening, guys. We should have a new Codacast coming up very, very. It, it won't be another week. So, so you're gonna have to follow us on Instagram and 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 be ready for that next episode. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you stay safe and have a great day. Thank you.